views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants and no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. Authors Hour. Get the story behind the story. It's all on the Authors Hour. You'll get to hear the authors talking about their books and the journey behind how it all began. Join the opportunity to hear the insights on what inspired them to write it. Now, here is your host, Wayne G. Barber. And good morning, America. I hope everyone is safe through this virus. And I uh, want to thank you all for tuning in to the award-winning Authors Hour on Smoker 99.9 FM, Alexa TuneIn Radio, Armed Forces Network, and 13 other avenues to enjoy the great programming at WNRI. Uh, right now, I had uh, dev- really, really had a uh, soul-searching whether to come in and do a live show today or stay hunkered down. And I'd like to get some information out on the airways. Uh, we have a very special guest today on the line right now. And we're going to talk about pro-American immigration. As you know, most of the borders around the world are being closed. Uh, Justin Trudeau yesterday, a good friend of mine, I know his dad, Pierre Trudeau, and Canada actually closed their borders yesterday, which really surprised me for a country with 37 uh, million people. But this is an epidemic or pandemic, whatever you want to call it, and I figured it would be very appropriate for people that are hunkered down to really get educated on pro-American immigration. George A. Farrig, Ph.D., the most renowned man I know in this country on immigration, is about to be introduced on the Authors Hour after this message. Don't touch that dial. Association of Rhode Island Authors. Anyone can join the Association of Rhode Island Association of Authors. But you'll find that a published author and an aspiring author with a complete manuscript will benefit most from our membership. In addition, your membership fee helps support all Rhode Island's most talented writers. Benefits of being an ARA membership include networking with dozens of local published authors at our monthly meetings that are always held on the second Thursday of the month. Presentations from industry pros on a wide array of published topics, exclusive invitations to speak and conduct your presentations at libraries and other venues. Advanced notice of any expos, festivals, and any other event where books are sold. A reduced table fee at the Rhode Island Authors Expo, a website link in IRA's members directory, and so much more. Check us out at www.riauthors.org. I did. Now, also on that, we have a cancellation of our Lively Literati, and that is the last Wednesday of the month out at the East Greenwich Hotel. And this month, we were going to have one in Rumford the day before with Orange Live, DeMont Combs, and that has been canceled because of the epidemic that's going on right now. Also, as you know, you can communicate with the show, and I hope you got some real good questions for our author at Wayne WNRI at Yahoo.com. Now, on the line right now, we have Dr. George Farag, F-A-R-A-G, is a former U.S. diplomat and consul who immigrated to America after the attacks of 9-11. 
joined the Foreign Service to serve his country. He decided on thousands of visa applications from people seeking to come to America. He was also on the Consular Affairs Crisis Response Team that evacuated 15,000 Americans during the 2006 Lebanon War and was among the first U.S. diplomats to enter Iraq during Operation Iraqi Freedom. George is the recipient, uh, recipient of the Department of State Superior Honor Award, uh, Metrips uh, Honor Award, and the George P. Schultz Consular Certificate. To get in touch with George, please visit him or order this book at www.georgefarrig.com. Good morning, George. How are you? Hi, Wayne. How are you? Great to be on. I am so honored to have you as a guest. I can't think of all the different books that have been printed on immigration. A better author to have on this show during one of the largest crises in the United States history. I thought it was very appropriate. So many people are shut in right now listening to radio. They have to change their whole lifestyles. And I hope... This fills up part of that void with some valuable information. Why did you see the need for this book? Well, um, you know, about when I started thinking about um, the book, I was really becoming disturbed with with the dichotomy, with the polarization that exists in our country with regards to the immigration debate. So, you know, when you listen to folks talking about immigration, it just sounds like um, you know people are either you know, they want they're with immigration or against immigration. Uh, build a wall or build a bridge. Uh, keep them in or keep them all out. And I thought that the folks uh, in the middle, the middle ground, uh, the common ground to this, there is no voice. And as somebody who you know, worked in immigration, as you as you mentioned, I was a U.S. diplomat and a U.S. consular officer, and I processed. Uh, immigrant visas I met with, I interviewed potential immigrants, I decided on who would get a visa and who would not Uh, but in addition to that, my myself being an immigrant to the United States from Egypt, I thought that a voice needs to be heard about a more common ground on how we can look at our legal immigration policy and come up with fresh ideas on ways that we can push policy forward that's in the interest of all Americans, not on one side of the aisle or the other, but no, really is uh, all Americans. I got an email really from Frank from Syracuse, New York, wants to know, George, is this your very first book? Hey, Frank. Uh, yes, it is. And um, I spent some time in, in Syracuse myself, so it's great to hear from him. But it is my first book. Okay, you can contact George right now and yours truly, WayneWNRI at Yahoo.com. Any questions on immigration, uh, George has got his seatbelt on and ready to go. I enjoyed the book. 
I got educated on it. I was not that literate in the subject matter. Uh, just what I've read in the news over the years, and I had to get a visa to go to Bermuda on a vacation a few years back. So that was the first time that I ever got in, involved in getting documents at the post office and stuff like that. Now, you touch on page 77 in the book the three different ways, education, uh, diversity-based, immigration visas, and the limit, 50000 could you elaborate on those three ways? Sure. Um, so what I'm talking about is the different ways that immigrants can come to America. And this is something that you know I, I think is important for Americans to be aware of. Uh, most times when we watch the news, we feel like illegal immigration where people are crossing the border illegally is the uh, constitutes the majority of folks who are coming to America. That's just not true. Most people come to America come through the legal immigration process and there are three primary ways in which uh, folks can do that. Either family-based immigration where they have a family member in America and they are that family member is petitioning for a uh, for their relative to come from abroad and that's really the majority uh, of, of immigrants, family-based immigration is the um, is really the crust of our immigration policy today. The other way is through employment-based immigration, and that's where a company will bring you to America, or the immigrant might be an investor in America. Uh, the third way is the diversity uh, visa program, and that's what many people refer to as the lottery, the lottery program, the the, the green card lottery. And that's where the United States offers between 50 and 55,000 uh, immigrant visas that turn into green cards each year to expand the diversity uh, of immigrants who come to America. Now, there are obviously uh, other ways, but I'm just focusing on those three because those are the three uh, primary ways, if you will, of immigrating to, to the United States. There's a section in the book I actually read twice. Uh, right around page 80, 81, fascinating subject matter that you really wrote in uh, layman's terms. Becoming a citizen summaries the three different ways. Could you get into that, please? Sure. And, you know, I'm really glad to hear that you felt that it was written in layman's terms because this was something that I was really worried about, actually. You know, when we talk about immigration policy and immigration law, I... I, I I didn't want to lose folks who simply aren't um, interested in reading that type of text. So I wanted to write it in a way that you know everybody had access to this information and everybody can um, can understand. So I'm really glad to hear you hear you say that. Um, in terms of becoming an American, an American, the naturalization process, uh, there's certain requirements. So for the most part, again, um, I just want to focus on what the what the majority of folks do. For the most part. You come to the United States on an, on an immigrant visa, either through the family-based, the, um, uh, the employment-based, or the diversity visa, and you need to spend a certain amount of time uh, in the United States to establish your, um, uh, your presence in America. And then from, for, for the most part, it's either three years for, for spouses of American citizens and five years for uh, mostly everybody else. 
once you've completed that five years, you then need to prove your physical presence. Uh, physical presence is a requirement that you need to actually be living in America without any disturbance for 30 months or two and a half years. Um, w upon doing that, you go through the naturalization application process. Uh, and of course, there's a swearing-in ceremony, um, and, and you become a naturalized American citizen. Okay, I'd like to have you touch on one of the biggest myths in the country, I think, on immigration. And uh, President Trump, during his campaign of all the 20 Republican candidates, was the only one that had the fortitude to mention possibly changing uh, the way immigrants are handled by birthrights or alleged birthrights in this country. And your book gets into something that I wasn't aware of. I'm working on a couple of projects on slavery in New England. And these original laws go back to 1864 and were designed for slaves. So if their firstborns or thirdborns were born in the States, it would give them uh, some credentials to go against the slave owners and stuff like that and say, no, I am a citizen. I am not on the list anymore. I don't think I can ever remember, since I've been following politics, any candidate and now president dares bring it up because of losing votes. Do you think it's got a chance of passing if he wins the uh, House of Representatives this election, if he gets control of both houses, and... He's already got a lot of his nominations on the Supreme Court. Is this the time for that radical change in immigration laws if you're born on U.S. soil? Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, birthright citizenship is, is a huge topic and um, one that uh, really, I think, is important to many people uh, in the United States. And just to give, give your listeners a bit of background, the birthright citizenship basically says is that anyone who's born on U.S. soil and falls under American law, and that's important, that they fall under uh, American law, uh, are automatically American citizens. And as you correctly mentioned, this is a right that's protected under the 14th Amendment, and that amendment was written for, um, for slaves because they want the, the Supreme Court at the time wanted to make sure that the children of slaves have right to citizenship and that right could not be contested at the state level. So it's important for us to, to honor that history and to understand where did you know, this 14th Amendment, this whole notion of birthright citizenship come from. Now, the challenge that we face, I mean, so in theory it's great, but the challenge that we face is that birthright citizenship has turned into what many people are, are calling birthright tourism. And what that means is that folks from abroad will go to uh, an embassy, get tourist visas, and then come to America on that tourist visa to give birth so that their child can benefit from American, American citizenship. After they have the child and they get their, um, their citizenship documents, they will then return to their, to their countries. And this is, you know, it's a, it's a legal process. They're getting legal visas. They're not coming to the United States illegally. They're entering on a legal uh, visa. And uh, they're, they're, they're leaving the United States. 
Now, as you mentioned, this is an important topic for this administration. The president has raised it on several occasions. Um, and just recently, back in uh, no, uh, January, uh, the end of January of this year, uh, there is a new rule. And what that rule says is that if anybody comes to an American embassy and is pregnant and says, I want to go to America to give birth, uh, that consular officer can then refuse that visa application. So that is the first concrete step that the administration has taken to begin addressing this issue. Now, in my estimation, I think that it is a good step because it brings awareness to the topic. It demonstrates that uh, there is an interest, that there is a willingness, and there's a determination by the administration to address a topic that was talked about um, during, the, uh, during the campaigning. But where I think it falls short, this particular rule, is that it is extremely rare for somebody to walk into an embassy and to say, you know, I'm pregnant, I want to give birth in the United States. And in, in, in the years that I was uh, doing immigrant visas, uh, I think I had one such case, and that's because she had uh, some complications in her pregnancy, according to uh, the interview. So that is a very rare case. So I think what the administration has done with this new rule is that they brought awareness to the topic, but we're still not at a point where we have a full policy towards that. Now, to come to your question, if... You know, if the Trump, if Donald Trump is reelected, is this something that they can pursue? Well, yes. If the Trump, if the administration decided that they want to uh, try and pursue an amendment to the Constitution, so they would really need to amend the Fourteenth Amendment uh, for that to for that to happen, and to basically say, um, okay, either we're going to rescind birthright citizenship, or that it's going to be amended. Uh, somehow, depending on how they want to put that together. What I'm recommending in my book is actually uh, a middle ground uh, in this, uh, what I'm calling a, a common ground, because I, I recognize the difficulty for this administration and for any administration to overturn the 14th Amendment. That is a, it's, it's, a, it's a real onerous uh, process to go through. At the same time, I recognize that there are a lot of Americans that are uncomfortable with the fact that folks can come give birth uh, to, their, to their babies and just leave the United States. So what I'm proposing is that for anybody who actually participates in birthright tourism, so they went to the embassy, they got a visa, or they, they were able to come to America uh, and give birth, for anybody who participates, the parents, both the partners, both parents of this child would no longer qualify for tourist visas in the future. So if you came to America, gave birth, gave birth to a child, that child now an American citizen, you will not qualify for the rest of your uh, days. Neither the mother nor the um, both parents will not qualify for another tourist visa. And what that means in practicality is that these folks would not be able to come to America for touristic reasons. They would not be able to come to America for business reasons, business trips, uh, anything like that. They wouldn't be able to come for medical reasons. So they wouldn't be able to come to see a doctor um, uh, or anything of that sort. So while it stops short of, of, of amending the, uh, the Constitution and while it stops short of just 
overturning the 14th Amendment, what the proposal does is it gives uh, folks pause. It makes the penalty for giving birth in the U.S. Uh, or the ramification for giving birth in the U.S. a bit uh, stiffer than it is than it is today. I got and an again, email here from Stephen. I got an email from Stephen from Miami, Florida, and his question is. He runs an HR department at a large company, and he cannot ask uh, an applicant if they're pregnant or, you know, in that uh, type of medical condition. As your experience as a consul on the other side of the desk, are you allowed to ask that person, are they pregnant? Well, the um, Stephen is right in terms of uh, in terms of his position. For consular officers, it's also a very tricky uh, topic because many times folks will come to the embassy. It will not they will not say they're pregnant, and you know physically uh, they may not look pregnant. So it, it, it's you can actually ask. You know, is there any intention to give birth in in the United States? Uh, there's certain ways of asking that, but you can you know dig a bit deeper into that, but. The reality is that it is tough to actually prove, uh, tough to determine and to prove that the intention of, uh, of a person is to give birth in the United States if they don't come forth and just uh, and tell you that's their intention. Now, that applicant that's on the other side of the desk with you that has or is applying for that visa to get into our country legally... What is the term of that Lisa, uh, if visa? Was it two years, five years, ten years? That's a great question. And it depends on the country they're applying for. It also depends on the type of visa uh, they're applying for. So let's, let's focus on uh, tourist visas. Again, tourist visas encompass uh, tourism, medical, and, and, and business purposes. Uh, so those types of visas... The term will depend on where you're coming from. So if you're coming from a place like Egypt, where I was born, you can have a visa up to a maximum of five years. So the validity can be anywhere from you know, a week to up to five years. Uh, a place like India or China, uh, that is up to 10 years. Whereas if you're coming from uh, Iraq, for example, if you're issued a visa in Iraq, uh, that's a one year visa. So it just, it depends on where you're coming from. So hypothetically, someone with the uh, business contacts that are so prevalent now in our country on world business, a lot of people I know in my age group have to go to China once every year or two years for their business contacts. And it must go the other way too with college students. So from China coming to here, the person gets one that's good for up to 10 years, three, four years into that visa, they fall in love, somebody gets pregnant, oh, wait a minute, what are our best options before this baby's born? And they look at the financial part of it, and for twenty, twenty-five thousand 25,000 invested, that what you're stating in your book, they can have it legally done in this country, which in later life for college opportunities and every other opportunity that's available, it's a win-win situation for them. Absolutely, and what you're what you're describing is not a hypothetical. This is this is you know, these are many cases that happen where 
you know, somebody gets a visa for uh, for business purpose to visit Disneyland, to, uh, to, vi- to, to, to attend a wedding in the United States, and years down the line, uh, they're pregnant, and they actually use that visa to come back to America and, and give birth. And when I cite that, you know, twenty twenty five thousand dollars, what I'm talking about is the cost of the ticket, um, the cost of the uh, you know to stay in the U.S. for a month or two, and uh, and the hospital expenses to make all those payments. Now, folks might argue with me that you know it depends on the hospital, might be more or less. Um, you know, I can we can talk about that, but I'm just giving giving an average. So for that amount of money, twenty twenty five thirty thousand dollars, your child has become an American citizen. That's that's an you know a, a great deal. And that is why I'm saying the penalty that I am proposing or the alternative that I'm proposing is that you need to now add to that the possibility um, that if you give birth in the, in the U.S., yes, there's a financial cost, but after doing that, you will no longer be able to come to America. And for many people, that ability to travel to the United States for business reasons, for touristic reasons, and for medical reasons is extremely important. And it is something that will give people pause and make them think, okay, is this really worth it? Am I willing to, you know, prevent myself, my partner, you know, both babies' parents uh, from, from, from coming, from going to America if we give birth there? Okay, if you're just tuning in, you're on W1RI.com worldwide and 13 other avenues listening to the Author's Hour every Tuesday morning, uh, broadcasting out of one socket where the studio is to a worldwide audience. As you know, again, I'll remind you, if you have any questions for our guests on immigration, and uh, they're lighting up like a Christmas tree, it's WayneWNRI at Yahoo.com. Second part of our show is going to be sponsored by Book Lovers Gourmet at 72 East Main Street in Webster, Mass. That's their new location because they are moving. Okay, uh, the former address was right down the road, 55 East Main Street, and open at our current location through March 21st, and then the move will be complete just up the road a little bit. Uh, Book Lovers Gourmet at 508-949-6232. Uh, they'll be opening in about 30 minutes. And again, you're listening to the Author's Hour on Smoker 99.9 FM. And today's guest is George A. Farrig. Am I pronouncing that right? That's that's great. And that's a PhD and the subject matter on a fantastic book, Pro-American Immigration. I have right now about 11 emails from around the world, and there's one commonality on it of four different questions. They want to know from the consul, an expert, can you give them the definition of that famous green card. What is it? And what does it entitle you to? Right. Uh, the green card is officially called a legal permanent residency card. And what that is, is the documentation that um, uh, a person receives upon legally immigrating to the United States. So once you arrive in America on an immigrant visa, uh, that immigrant visa will... You submit an application um, to uh, in the United States, and you will ultimately receive that green card or legal permanent residency card. And what that entitles you to is to legally work and live in the United States. So you can basically 
you know, more or less do everything um, that, you know, a, a, an American citizen can do, except uh, you don't have the right to vote uh, yet until you become a naturalized American citizen. And, uh, you know, most countries will not recognize the green card as a travel document, so you would still need to get visas to travel to other countries outside the U.S. based on your citizenship. But again, the green card is the document that allows you to legally live and work in the United States uh, until you become an American citizen, and it you know it's it, it gives you all the rights and uh, responsibilities, uh, or most of the rights and responsibilities of an American citizen. Okay, does the green card? Maybe this is not in your uh, category of your PhD. Does a green card entitle you to the United States benefit programs, uh, EBT cards, so on and so forth? Does that automatically get you a free ride? Well, uh, that's a great question. I, I assume when we're talking about benefits, we're talking about public benefits yeah. uh, and the welfare system. And the answer is uh, is primarily no and the reason i say primarily is because officially after having a green card for five years you could uh benefit from uh public benefits um and you know the assumption is that after having your green card for five years you're going to apply for u.s citizenship uh but that being said there are uh certain programs that folks uh um, can can use and this is something that, again, the administration has tried to address in the, uh, the new public charge rule that has been the talk of the town for some time now. So let me just give the listeners a, 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 just a little bit of uh, understanding about this process behind the scenes. So when you're applying for uh, immigrating to America, when you want to immigrate to America, as part of your immigrant visa application, you need to have, and this is for family-based immigration, you need to have a sponsor in the United States who basically takes the responsibility uh, for, for, for the immigrant financially. So what they're doing is the immigrant and the American sponsor are promising the United States government that when they arrive to the United States, they will not be a public charge or they will not depend on uh, public assistance programs. So that promise is being made prior to the visa being issued. Uh, and it's something that the consular officer needs to um, needs to investigate, needs to make sure there's enough financial resources there in order for the sponsor to take on this responsibility. So it is not a uh, it's not a surprise that the administration would want to put in rules that clarify this, that basically say, okay, if you use public benefits, you no longer qualify for um, uh, perhaps for the green card or for uh, naturalization, uh, etc., because this promise was made before. Now, when you look at the, at the new rule in, in, in detail, you see that there are some exceptions being made. There is a humanitarian basis to it, so it's, you can have benefited from some public programs without losing your privilege as a green card holder, but it's, it is limited. Okay, I got an email here from Tom from uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. He says, you're coming in loud and clear on TuneIn Radio. He says, I listen to your show every week. Today, you are knocking it out of the park. He has one question. He has relatives that live in Silicon Valley, California. Green cards. Disney imported all the immigrants 
to work for less money than the U.S. citizens in those high-tech jobs. How is that possible? Were there a shortage of qualified people where the government allowed that? How did that play out? Well, uh, most of the folks who come to the U.S. to work at, you know, to work in Silicon Valley, Disney, uh, et cetera, they come on uh, H-1B visas, work visas. And those visas are given to folks once that organization is able to demonstrate that they have a particular uh, position and they have particular skills that they require for that position and they have exhausted a search um, in the United States and would need to, uh, to bring folks from abroad. There is a specific number of H-1B visas that are available uh, by the United States government, but that's basically how the process works where, you know, the employer needs to demonstrate that they, they have a specific need and this is how this foreign, uh, potential foreign employee uh, can, can, can fill that need. How long is that particular uh, free ride, how long is it good for? The H-1B visa, um, I, you know, I need to look that up to be very honest with you. But it, uh, I know that eventually it can turn into a green card. I don't recall off the top of my head what the, um, the, the validity of it is and how many times it can be renewed. Okay. Very, very good questions coming in. Uh, George, I want to thank you very much for taking the time. Are you doing a book tour coming through New England where our listeners can meet you in the flesh, get a book and an autograph? Oh, you know, I would love to. Um, right now, I think all you know these these types of events are going to be a little bit difficult. As I'm talking to you, I'm you know self quarantined myself because I just got off a plane a couple of days ago, so I am sitting in a room uh, alone for a few days. But certainly, when the time comes, I will definitely let you know, and um, I would love for you to to let your listeners know as well. And I'd love to meet them. Now, you say you're in quarantine right now. I'm going to add this on because it's right first-hand report and it's so popular right now. How did they detect? Did you have a temperature or was you around other passengers that were contaminated? Well, uh, you know, honestly, Wayne, it's kind of a decision that I made. I, uh, I, I was traveling. I was on several planes in the past week. And uh, I, I, I met with people. I had a presentation um, in which there were about maybe 40, 50 people there. So I just felt for the sake of my family, I wanted to play it safe. So I just told them, you know, I'm going to put myself away for, for a few days just to see if anything develops. Um, again, it's, I'm just trying to be uh, responsible based on the information we're getting from the administration. George, thank you very, very much. Uh, very entertaining. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and also the, all the fantastic emails. Uh, I did get a lot of emails in. Uh, we can't do it in a one-hour show. It's probably three or four hours worth of material. But I will research most of those questions that the uh, uh, listening audience have sent in, and I'll get back to them when I get back to the house. Uh, George, thank you very much. Uh, where is the book available now? Bonds & Noble, Amazon. Do you have your own website? Yep, uh, the book is available. Actually, it is available starting today on Amazon.com uh, and on my website, George Farag, F-A-R-A-G.com. Uh, you can find a link to the Amazon page, 
And um, I am actually, since for the first week, for this week, uh, I've reduced the price to 99 cents for the Kindle version. So if folks are sitting at home and, 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 and want to get read up on immigration and, and the story behind it, uh, I would love for them to, to, to get the book and to actually, you know, to let me know what they think. Give good feedbacks on it. That's so valuable in our business. So let me get this straight. You're debuting this book, Pro-American Immigration, that went on Amazon the same day as you're giving me the interview. Yes, sir. That is true. Boy, you made you put a feather in my cap. And I was honored to do it. Sounds good. Thank you very much good. and have my one pleasure. of the best days of your life. Thank you, sir. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I think I could have went three hours with that one. AuthorsHourBookstore.com New and slightly read books. If you heard our author interview on our Authors Hour every Tuesday at 9 a.m., we will stock it. Call Wayne, WNRI at Yahoo.com for any locator service or a closeout book. Again, it's the new AuthorsHourBookstore.com. Dada's Kitchen is a uniquely authentic African and soul food restaurant. Dishes are freshly prepared with a home-cooked taste that upholds the best of West African cuisine. Right here in the quiet city of Woonsocket, 206 North Main Street, Woonsocket. Delivery seven days a week by calling 401-767-3459. Curb service available right now during the crisis. I have the menu in my hand. Uh, Monday through Friday, they start out with daily specials at a very affordable $5, a high of $11.49. I talked to the chef, and boy, the spices they use are just going to open up your taste buds. Just like a fresh cup of coffee or a new package of popcorn, same thing with the spices that they use. And most of the dishes feature either kale or spinach. Fantastic healthy food at Detta's Kitchen. Right here at North Main Street, 206, right across from the fire department, Woonsocket, Rhode Island, 02895 for the GPS, 401-767-3459. Curb service or a delivery. Next week, we have a blockbuster author's hour. Or, depending on the virus, whether we're allowed to come in the studio or not. But the next one that I have scheduled to do an interview is going to be one of my favorite Rhode Island subjects. Book Talk with Lorenz Spears, A Key into the Language of America. It's a translation book from the 1600s. Roger Williams, A Key into the Language of America with the complete glossary and breakdown of the Nipmuc and Narragansett language into English terms. This is going to be a real good one. And Loren uh, runs the Arcadia Tomaquat Indian Museum right here in Rhode Island. I went to one of her book signings, and she just lit up the audience for over an hour with the Q&A on that. Just a fantastic show coming up. And a whole lot more of other Authors, um, A Right to Crow by Roberta Humble. Uh, we're going to have Flirtation on the Hudson 
by the number one lawyer in the country in specializing in copyright. Now she's decided to write a romance book, Flirtation on the Hudson, coming from New York. Uh, the Pentagon Third, uh, part three, was last week's. Uh, we have a special book, Vikings, by Magnus Magnuson. And um, Voyage of Mercy, we already did that. We lit up the screen with that one. Uh, the Deserter by Alex and Nelson DeMille. This is the New York Times bestseller. And uh, can't wait to get him on, too. I see we have the uh, line lit up right now, so I'm going to assume I have a call coming in. Let me see what it's all about. Good morning, and thank you for calling the Author's Hour. Hello? Hello, you're on the Author's Hour. Oh, I mean, I'll call back at a business number, sorry. Okay. No problem at all. We have a business here running all the time uh, with five different phone numbers. So I saw a flash and I decided to pick it up. Uh, also, WayneW1RI, Yahoo.com. Uh, happy birthdays that came in that accumulated. We're glad to get them over the year right now. Uh, Laura Jean Coates from Ledger, Connecticut, a big birthday. Kyle Lear, an avid listener to the Authors Hour from Severna Park, Maryland. This is every week on Simple Radio, a free app. Uh, Brianna Olson uh, from Davenport, Iowa, from Tony, turns 25 today. And on Wednesday, an author that's been on the show once, I hope she writes another book too, is Julie Etter from Norton, Mass. Wrote, wrote a fantastic uh, children's book about the trauma involved in moving on young people. Fantastic book that was. Check that one out. As you know, I was up in Maine there a few weeks back there. I put a 1,000 miles and uh, had a real good time up there. But every big event I go to, it's the same scenario. You'll see somebody come out, kick the tires, slam the roof, and you know what I'm going to say. They forgot their keys and the key fob in the car. Now, who are they going to call? An ex-wife and get reminded of too late payments on alimony? Or are they going to call Ghostbusters? No, they should be calling Larry's 24-hour towing. Uh, seven days a week, 24-7, you name it. Also, they share the building with Boroughville Motor Sales with new arrivals every day. 401-568-6286. Uh, since 1922 at that same location, three different owners. Again, used auto and truck sales, new arrivals, uh, Rhode Island vehicle state inspections, and also expert body work and insurance estimates. They'll work with every company in the state of Rhode Island. Maybe you need just a jump start. You need a surface charge. Uh, you know, you left the dome light on. You got your uh, seatbelt caught in the door and the light was on. Or maybe, like I did this morning, come in from Connecticut with an inch of snow, uh, you hit some black ice. And uh, down here, it's all rain, but up there, it's a little bit colder. And if you do go off the road, Give them a call at Larry's 24-Hour Towing, 401-568-6286. Another scenario is uh, right now uh, people are getting thousands and millions of dollars of income tax returns on all kinds of, uh, you know, windfalls. So you're getting a new car or a new truck or buying a used one as a frugal Yankee or something like that. How are you going to get it home? It's not registered. Call Larry's 24-Hour Towing, 401 568 6286. You know, there's another book that's coming up. Uh, the Witch's Antidote. Uh, 
a New England citizen soldier with Robert Geek. We're going to get him back on. I guess he's got another book out now. Uh, Henry Hits the Ball by Tom Ring, a Pasco resident. Uh, he's wrote uh, three or four books on automotive and automotive racing in New England. And now he gets outside the box a little bit and wrote a baseball book. So we're going to get him on, too. Transportation and limousine services provided by CJ Trans of Fairbanks. And also, are you looking for a good pellet stove read? Fireplace read, or a couple of days will be back up to 60, maybe a beach read. Please consider what I have to offer. New England's golden years of racing, their history, and a glimpse into the future. This new book fuels appreciation for female races and New England racetracks. Local radio host of the Race Chatter offers an inside look into short track racing in New England. This book is available at Coastal181.com, a special place at 719 Front Street, Barrington Books, all locations, Book Lovers Gourmet, 55 Main Street, Webster, Mass, WordAssociation.com, Debbie's Breakfast Place at 804 Park Avenue, Pourings and Passages at 183 Main Street, Danielson, The Aquatic Country Store, Harvest Moon Health Foods, and Belu's Flowers and Gift Shop, also available at all Little General stores. Thank you for purchasing the book. And if you stop by the station, I'll gladly sign your copy. We have a St. Patrick's Day sale going on right now, too, at 15% off. All St. Patrick's Day items. Gift shop open is also at Green Dragon Comics and Collectibles. Where are they located? Uh, corner of Route 102 and Route 100 in Chapacha, Rhode Island, uh, right on the left-hand side of the bank. A beautiful community up there. At, what an inventory. Are you missing just one particular edition of your favorite comic book? If she doesn't have it there, which would really surprise me, a great special order service. Get that copy that you really need for your collection. Also, Fortnite. A large assortment, anything that's new, Magic the Gathering, and all kinds of events. That and so much more at Green Dragon Comics and Collectibles. 401-949-2076. Watching an awful lot of cable. And uh, I love American Pickers. They had the new episode on uh, last night. And uh, Mike and Frank... I'm just so fascinated by that show. And another popular one I'd like to watch is Storage Wars. You know, they bid on them, then, you know, find out if it's a clunker or a good one. And they all get all excited when they open up a box and there's some used or old sneakers. Well, now in Winsaka, we have a destination business for you. The Sneaker Outlet is your one-stop shop for everything from sneakers of old to sneakers of new. On top of the sale of new release sneakers, we also specialize in dead stock and refurbished sneakers. We also offer proper shoe care and refurbishment treatments, as well as a trade-in-trade program. We the plug for shoes at the Sneaker Outlet, 10 Main Street, Winsaka, Rhode Island, 02895 for the GPS coming in from Connecticut, New Hampshire, and Mass, 401-648-1242, right on the side of the New York Lunch, right Timmy's Fine Store, right there on Main Street, Woonsocket, another destination business. I hate to group all the commercials in together, but I had 
the interview going, and I, I honestly could have went two or three hours today on a fantastic subject matter, a pro-American immigration by one of the most renowned people uh, in the country on that subject matter, involved in over three million different cases. What a history and an education this person had. George Farrig, Ph.D., pro-American immigration, was today's show. But, uh, you know, my wife Susan lost three pounds last week, and as I'm looking down, I think I just found it. And it's also gurgling to me, because I had my oatmeal this morning at uh, about quarter of five with the honey from uh, Harvest Moon Health Foods. And, uh, boy, what a way to start the day. Keeps your levels, the A's and the B's down low. And then also I take my elderberry pill. Maybe it'll help out with this virus that's going around. You can get that and so much more. It's opening up today at 10 o'clock at Harvest Moon Health Food. Don't get that again. 860-928-2352. Healthy foods for a healthy lifestyle. Gluten-free products. Over 100 dried herbs, nuts, and seeds. Healthy snacks. Help your body to reinforce its immune response. Hemopathic and herbal allergy relief. We stock quality brand manufacturers, including Against the Grain, Rudy's, Nature's Plus, Batlean's Organic Oils, Food for Life, and so much more. Natural honey and organic coconut sugar, raw milk. Elderberry for flu remedies. Consumer-friendly hours on Monday through Wednesday, 10 to 6 p.m., Thursday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. HarvestMoonHealthFoods.net, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza, Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Proud sponsor of Brian Tag and the number 9 in the late model at Thompson Speedway. Okay, I'm not going to tell you my age. I got a couple of emails. How old are you, Wayne? So I'm not going to tell you my age, but I am a frugal, older Yankee. And I got to give you a life experience on one of our sponsors. Uh, as you know, we moved up to Connecticut in the past year. So we broke down and uh, bought a brand new uh, microwave. Well, a few weeks back, we got a recall in the mail, just like a car. They wanted to change the gasket around the door. This is who I called and had it repaired the very first time. GNR Appliance Repair. With today's fast-paced, high-stressed way of life, a broken appliance can be a real problem for the family. When your kids need clean clothes for school and your washer isn't working, what options do you have? Appliance repair is often less expensive than the new purchase, and with today's prices, we are all trying to watch our finances. GNR Appliances services all Rhode Island and Southern Mass for refrigerator repair, dishwasher repair, cooktop and stovetop repair, microwave repair, freezer repair, and so much more. GNR Appliance Services, 401-765-2023. Convenient hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. GNR Appliance Repair. When your appliance is hurting, call George Gurton. Little Poetry by Adelie Bourne, out of her book, A Grocery List and Other Poems. Early on, you found out that you're not even half angel, but now you behave like the cottonmouth in the creek, attacking motion, seizing any chance for nourishment, fish, paw, boot, small naked foot. My advice to you is never marry, 
never have children of your own, or they will mimic you. But you won't listen. There's no point in counseling a viper. Snakes don't have ears. You'll survive the winter of your childhood, warm your blood in the spring, twine yourself about friends and lovers, shed your dry, confining skin. You may surprise us, become a legend, live far longer than your parents will, who cursed you for the loss of their Eden they thought they had possessed until you came. Counseling a Viper by Adele Bourne. Fantastic Rhode Island poet. And uh, coming to a close here, but uh, again, oh, did I tell you about the best breakfast in Northern Rhode Island? It's going on right now. Uh, it's drive up, delivery, call it in at Cereal's Pizza Rimmer Restaurant because of the virus that's going around. 401 568 7187. And this is what you get on that breakfast your choice of five different toasts, home fries, hot coffee, decaf, or iced coffee. All four items right there. And uh, what a sale going on right now at Cereal's Pizza Rammer and Restaurant. Now, you've got all the kids out of school. I know it's two, three weeks. A lot of school districts right now in Connecticut, Mass, or Rhode Island. This is one way to get through it. Take advantage of the Tuesday special. Uh, Jeff Gamash approved a launch cheese pizza, which is a full 16 slices, rectangle in shape, for only $6 on Tuesday. Call it in, pick it up right at the door, or with a delivery. 401-568-7187. And Jimmy Ponte says, please, just uh, use the takeout and uh, pick up service on that so they can keep all the businesses afloat. And uh, please go by the rules that are coming down from our uh, elected officials, and we'll all get through this crisis. I'd like to thank our guest today, Pro-American Immigration by George Farag, F-A-R-A-G, Ph.D. Uh, it was debuted on the market today and debuted on the Author's Hour. What a fantastic book. It gets you right up to snuff on the rules, the do's, the do's and don'ts on immigration in our country. Thank you to our fine sponsors, guests, and emailers at waynewnri at yahoo.com and for tuning in to the Author's Hour. Remember to shop locally and to read a book. And tomorrow, please have the best day of your life. Your host, Wayne G. Barber. and auto service, where service on your car purchase is as important as the sale. Open weekdays, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Terry's Tire and Auto Service, 36 Blackstone Street, Woonsocket. Have a question for Gil? Call 766-3270. We are an official Rhode Island inspection station as well. WNRI Woonsocket, W236CW, W260DC. WNRI.